What's up, everybody? If you're listening to this, you already know what time it is. It is time for The Styles Files. I am your host, Alan Styles. And if this is your first time listening, shout out to checking it out. And if you've been listening, you already know I love my day ones. Welcome to the best 20 to 60 minutes of your life. Got a really fun show today. Um, a lot of different things I want to talk about as per usual. So we're going to talk about a review of a fried chicken sandwich spot that I've been meaning to get to, finally get to it. I'll give my review and my ra- my rating of that. Going to talk about the ins and outs of how you pay somebody back when it's kind of these awkward amounts. I'm going to get into some NFL with the Raiders and the Cowboys, MLB with my San Francisco Giants, whether they will make the playoffs or not. Then we're going to get into college football a little bit, talking about whether Clemson's run is good for college football. Next, we will talk about everybody's favorite segment, overrated, underrated, properly rated. And to end, I got a really cool... Uh, list that I want to get into. I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts once I reveal it, but I will save that until the end of the show. Okay, so this past weekend, went to Dolores Park for a buddy's birthday. You know, I was basic in Dolores, and it was a great time as usual. But before going to Dolores, I had went to the gym and wanted to grab something to eat. Now, if you know me, you know I love uh, a nice fried chicken sandwich. When I go to Safeway, which is vastly underrated, great fried chicken sandwich. I love them. Or chicken tender sandwich if you go there. I love them. Um, And I have been kind of on a cold streak of finding ones that I enjoy. And you know know how it is nowadays with social media. All you got to do is think about something and it pops up. And since I'm thinking about fried chicken sandwiches all the time, uh, the bird SF has been all over my timeline for probably over a year. And I guess I never knew, I guess I didn't think it was as close as it, as it was to my gym, whatever the case may be, finally got over there this past weekend. And let me tell you folks, you know, I'm, I'm really hard on food places on this show. I'm really hard. I'm giving it a nine and a half. I'm giving it a nine and a half just because I don't really know what a 10 looks like. Okay. So let me get started. First of all, I got the spicy fried chicken sandwich. Okay. Um, I guess I would say the flavor is similar to a Nashville hot in a sense, uh, but then the slaw is Asian-y in a way. You know, they got apples and um, just the, the slaw isn't your basic coleslaw at all. Um, and then, you know, the sauce that they have on all of the tables is kind of a sweet chili, kind of a spicy chili sauce to put on as well. You have to you know, they don't make it super easy for you to get ketchup. I think the vibe is they want you to use that sauce. Um, so, yeah, I'm giving it a nine and a half. And it, it was it was very good. And here's the thing. On top of the taste and all that good stuff, y'all know me and y'all know I, I love a good deal. Uh, they have this thing called the Happier Meal, which is a chicken sandwich, fries, and a beer for $12.50. And it's in the financial district of San Francisco. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. Don't let me get started on the place that I can't stand the most, Umami, that charges you 14 bucks and all you get is a burger. You don't even get fries, let alone a drink, let alone a beer. So don't get me started on that. This is a happy time. We're going to stick to positivity. Um, and that's just what the bird is, man. You know, I, it was pretty crowded. We went Saturday, 
at like one. And as as you can imagine, you know, I brought it up to some of the buddies at the gym before I left and everybody raved about it. And as you can imagine, uh, during the weekday for lunch, during the weekdays for lunch, it is super, super jam packed. So if you're in the area, I definitely would recommend checking it out. I can't wait to go back. I actually want to go back and try the non-spicy sandwich just to see how those flavors kind of pop. Um, but yeah, definitely a good look. You really should check it out. Uh, it's probably, and I don't even know what the other two is, two are, but, um, I don't even know what the other two are, but it's definitely a top three chicken sandwich that I've ever had in my life. And I've had a lot of them. So definitely check out the bird SF. If you're ever in the area, it is a good deal and an even better tasting sandwich. All right. Okay. Next. I came up with this next segment uh, simply because it literally happened to me this past week. And it was a situation where me and a couple coworkers went to uh, grab some coffee. Now, I don't drink coffee. We really just wanted to talk and stuff, get a little break from the office. And we went to this, you know, kind of hipster-ish coffee spot. You know, everybody swears by it uh, over here in the Soma area of San Francisco. Um, so it was three of us, and only one of the coworkers actually got coffee. So he offered, right? He was like, hey, do you guys want anything, coffee? And we were like, you know, no. I was like, I don't really drink coffee. He's like, well, they got really good cookies. Do you want a cookie? And I said, sure. You know, I said, sure. Um, and again, he said it, right? So I didn't take my card again I don't really walk around with cash so like the cookie was everything came up to six something so the cookie was probably um two something right and I don't carry cash like that so it was kind of a situation where he paid for the cookie it's not a big deal I ate the cookie it was a very good cookie on a um separate note it was chocolate chip and kettle corn which was very good very tasty um and very unique but it was one of the situations where I kind of felt bad, right? Because I didn't have $2 and change. He offered, right? And I'm like, am I really going to Venmo him 250 No, right? So I didn't know maybe like the next time we go out, obviously I would just, you know, offer him and, you know, take care of him in that way. But it's not really a situation that it's not like a weekly thing. So it was just kind of a one-off. And I was just kind of wondering, you know, what, where is that limit where you do feel like, oh, you know, you should at least attempt, right? Like, even if you're like, oh, let me get you back for that. And they're like, no, 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 it's good. It's good. It's good. So I didn't even attempt that. Right. Cause I think my, in my mind, I guess like below the $5 mark. Right. I mean, we're in, we're almost in our thirties. I think that's okay. You know, I mean, technically I could Venmo any amount that you want, but you know, I feel like it's, I don't know, but now five sounds kind of high. Maybe it's three. Anything under the $3 mark is just like, I'm not going to Venmo you that. Cause I would Venmo someone $5 now that I think about that. And I would want that $5 Venmo to me. So I guess maybe $3 is the limit, right? Um, as far as when you should at least attempt to offer to pay someone back and let them, you know, either say sure or say, oh, no, it's all good. You know, it's it's three bucks. Right. So I don't know. I felt kind of bad because it was just, 
you know, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't like he expected me to pay. Me personally, I was just like, you know, it was right around that that area because do I have 250 in my bank account? Yes, I do. So I could have easily paid for it myself. And like I said, this isn't something that we do every week. So am I going to go out of my way to, you know, um, go on another walk simply to pay him back? Probably not. I was just kind of curious what everybody thought that limit was. So I'm setting it at $3. Um, some people might say it's more. Some people might say it's less. If you have any thoughts, please hit me up at the underscore styles file, styles with an I uh, on Twitter and or Instagram. DM me. Let me know your thoughts. You know, I am really, really curious to see what people think about that. Okay, next, NFL, the Raiders. Okay, and I know I've been on this show before about how the NFL is kind of in a weird space for me. You know, I try not to get super political on this show, but everything that went down with Colin Kaepernick, um, whether you agree with what he did or not, I mean, the bottom line is I don't think anyone – deserves to lose their job over something like that, and he essentially did. The X's and O's and how well he was doing, the bottom line is, in my opinion, he deserves to be on a roster. I'm not saying he would be anything like he was. I'm not saying he would be a star. I'm just saying there's some trash QBs in the NFL right now, and I'm just going to leave it at that. So the combination of that with the Raiders leaving to Vegas has made my feelings for the NFL um, kind of estranged, right? Um, and it didn't help that the Raiders sucked last year, so it wasn't like they were must-see television. So I'm kind of in a weird space when it comes to uh, the Raiders and the NFL. So, but I, so I want to be cognizant of saying that before I get into conversations about the NFL and about the Raiders because I don't want anyone to think that I'm being a hypocrite. I'm very open about you know kind of how I'm struggling to figure out where I want to live as far as my feelings for the NFL. And this podcast by itself is, you know, uh, an area where I can kind of speak out loud and kind of talk to how I do feel about it. Um, But besides that, getting back into, you know, the X's and O's and what is actually going on with the Raiders as a team. So they're on hard knocks. I, I don't watch Hard Knocks, or I don't have the um, the channel that it comes on. I might, you know, get to it eventually. Um, I usually end up watch watching everything late. I know that HBO typically does that free weekend, a couple free weekends in the fall. I know Ballers is coming back at the end of August, so I know uh, it's like Ballers, Insecure. They're all around the same time, so I know they're gonna have a free week weekend. So whatever I've missed, I'll just record and I'll at least you know, be able to say, okay, I saw a couple of them. And that's that's probably enough for me. Um, but Antonio Brown's feet, I mean, them things look jacked up. Seriously, I guess he went into a cryo, uh, cryo chamber, right, to get all frozen up, didn't wear the proper footwear, and now his feet look like when you're trying to peel uh, a hard-boiled egg and it's not cooperating. So, you know, it's taking like forever and it's just super chipped and, you know, uh, you get the, you get, you get it in your, 
fingernails and stuff like that. That's what his feet look like. You can go ahead and look up the picture. It's all over social media and all over the the internet. Um, apparently, it's not supposed to be serious. Apparently, he's supposed to be okay. But um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it doesn't look great. I'm kind of confused as the timing of all this because he was, uh, from what I've heard, he was in the first Hard Knocked episode, but I don't think he's currently attending camp. So um, I am interested to see how all, all that unfolds. Apparently, Derek Carr, you know, there's a video of Derek Carr's son and uh, Anto- one, uh, Antonio Brown's son playing catch together, uh, running routes. So they clearly have developed a relationship when Derek was asked about it. He said that he is not worried because um, of all the work that they did prior to coming in here. But again, I mean, running routes, Antonio Brown is outstanding uh, at being a wide receiver. So I don't, I'm not really too worried about it as of right now, but it is something to keep in mind because, you know, there's something to be said about getting reps when there's another receiver. It's like, you're not going to be, you know, the number one receiver on every single play. That's just not how football works. And we know that, you know, that Antonio Brown had some issues in Pittsburgh with stuff like that. So I do believe getting out there when there's a receiver or a couple receivers on the other side uh, would be good. So everybody can start to figure out, okay, this is how much we're going to go here. This is how much we're going to go there. But again, it's early. Uh, hopefully his feet heal up quick um, and he can get out there. I mean, he had a big old... Antonio Brown business is booming smile on his face when he took the picture of his feet so I don't know how much pain he's in because based on how it looked I would not be smiling like that um so we're gonna see how all of that unfolds um fairly quickly here as we get into the preseason which is crazy and kind of sad for me all I you know I can't stand all you people that love the fall and want to run around with your pumpkin spice lattes and can't wait for Halloween I am a summer guy through and through so you know uh the start of August kind of marks um the cooling down of summer uh in in um in a literal sense and in a metaphorical sense as well because it is hasn't been as warm in the city um, Foggest is definitely here. Okay, now getting to the other big brand, or one of the other big brands in the NFL. How about them Cowboys? Now, Zeke, man, I mean, so talk about escalating quickly. He wanted a new deal, um, and he has two years left on his contract. I'm sure everybody knows that uh, at this point in time. But he wanted a new deal, and you know, it's starting to look like he may get it uh, simply because it went from him just saying he was holding out. Uh, I think he was in Cabo, not at training camp. And there was really no <clears throat> end date to that. Then his agent came out and said he ain't playing in 2019 unless he gets a new deal. And oh, how everything had changed. You know, before he had said that, you got Jerry saying you don't need uh uh a Russian champion to win a Super Bowl. You know, I'm going to just tell you like that. You got you got Jerry doing that. S- seems like they're singing a different tune now, um, and the reports are that a deal will be done um, at some point uh, before the season. Uh, that's what everybody believes. So that is – that's how you do it, folks. And it is interesting to see as these NFL players, especially, you know, they. I feel like they always get spicy – uh, I think the timing is great in sports because you have the NBA, you have the NBA offseason, which is 
NBA free agency and you see these crazy numbers and the NFL players are thinking, look, we out and we outside. And I know that, you know, people like Stephen A. Smith always kind of revert back to the collective bargaining agreement that they agreed upon. But, um, you know, things change, right? Situations change. So you go into NBA free agency and you see these kind of, you know, it wasn't as bad this year, but, you know, in years, even so, guys that the football players are looking like, well, I'm better than him at my sport. And these numbers are looking wild, you know, wild. So then you go straight into the NFL season and these players are feeling themselves. They're like, we want to get paid too. You know, the basketball players, they're inside, right? You know, the, the, the idea is still in the U.S. that football is king. Basketball is coming, but it's two completely demographics. You know, basketball is more of the younger demographic, um, more hip in a way, I, w- I would say, uh, when it comes to uh, the players and and you know, players having their own brand. NFL is still king, but at the same time, it is still that kind of um, good old boy sport in a way. It's not even close to baseball, but it is to some degree, um, you know, a more traditional kind of setup, right? So, you know, these football players are looking at these basketball players. And they're like, look, football is still king. These basketball players get to play inside, Right. Um, so then I got to deal with weather. They ain't getting hit in the head. Okay. Um, and you know, that that's not making very much sense. Now, obviously basketball plays way more games, but football players like, you know, we putting our bodies on the line in a huge way. Not to say that NBA players don't, but nothing, nothing can compare to the way NFL players do it. And, you know, we got to go outside if we make the playoffs or, you know, even if we don't make the playoffs, depending on where we play, we in the cold, we in the snow, right? Um, we want to get our paper too. So, you know, I think that it's great how we roll right into NFL training camp. And a lot of NFL players are probably in their feelings like, I'm trying to get cashed out too. Um, so good for Zeke, you know, if that's what he thinks he's worth, uh, go for it. You know, I People, you know, people can sit here and say, well, he signed a contract. How are you just not going to play? Well, he just did. You know, um, he kind of called the Cowboys bluff, right? Um, Now, obviously, he hasn't gotten paid yet. But look, it is what it is. We're going to see how this unfolds. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell, for everybody saying that everything he did was useless. Look at him. Now he's on the Jets. Um, And the bottom line is when people look at it, it's like, is he making more than he would have made if he didn't hold out? If the answer is yes, that's a win. And it is. So that's a win. Um, you know, it's, it's funny when people, you know, sit there and count, well, it only would have been two million more, three million more. It's funny when in those situations it's not a big deal. But then when it's time to complain about how much these players make, um, now the money is an issue. You know, so people need to figure out um, where they want to live on these things and just kind of uh, – Find their stance and stay there because you can't keep moving the goalposts. Not that any of these players care because, again, they are millionaires. But just when I have to talk or and hear people talk about, um, you know, these money situations and when they want to complain and when they don't want to complain, just keep the same energy all the time. That's all I would ask. Okay. Now, switching over to Major League Baseball, uh, my beloved Giants, as we talked about before, 
did not get rid of Madison Bumgarner at the deadline, the biggest move. So they basically were saying, we're going to try to make this run. And as I said before, if it wasn't Bruce Bochy's last year, they probably would have gotten rid of Bumgarner. But, you know, the Giants, almost to a fault, they take care of their guys, um, and they wanted Bruce Bochy to go out on the high note that he deserves, bringing three championships um, to the Giants like he did. So they're going to go for it, and and we're going to find out what happens. If I'm not mistaken, I was watching SportsCenter last night. They are three games back of the NL wild card. Um, they won last night. So it's great. There's still actually two games under 500, but it's a mess, man. And if you look at the numbers, I think there's like six um, teams involved, uh, maybe more. So it, it's it's going to be a crapshoot or someone's going to get really hot and run away with it. Um, looks like they got the Phillies three more times today, as in this is Friday. And then over the weekend, then they got a Bay battle with the Red Hot A's uh, next week. Then they go back to some NL West stuff with the uh, Diamondbacks. After that, they got the Cubs. Then they got the A's again. So it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But again, if you want to, you know, be the best, you got to beat the best. And these are teams at the, you know, if your goal isn't just to go to the playoffs and lose immediately, then you have to beat these teams. So. Um, their chances are there. They're just, but they're just just as much there as all the other teams trying to get into the playoffs. You know, uh, through the wild card. So um, that's the thing. I mean, they all pretty much have equal chances. It's just going to be who is able to win these close games down the stretch, which is what playoff baseball is about. Um, I want to shout out Joe Panic who is um, no longer a giant. You know, Joe Panic is one of those guys that I can kind of relate to because in my mind, uh, on a very lower scale, obviously, um, he was kind of a tweener, right? Um, and when I say tweener, you hit the ball far, but you don't hit the ball the farthest out of anybody. You know, you run kind of fast, but there's somebody faster than you. You know, uh, you're good on defense, but someone's got a stronger arm than you. You know, I think, and it's not that his career is over, but it, it for now it is with the Giants. Um, he is someone who made the most out of what he had, and, you know, I really applaud him and respect him for that. Uh, that double play that he, that he made in the World Series a couple years ago basically gets the Giants that ring, um, obviously among other things, but what he did for the Giants and when he was rolling, you know, just like such a really good average hitter. You know, I think the word was after he injured his back a couple years a couple years ago, um, he, he really just wasn't the same. But we wish him the best, uh, you know, in his future, uh, future endeavors. And hopefully, uh, as Buster Posey said, somebody picks him up and he, you know, he really does well. Um, and, you know, we've seen these kind of comeback stories before, so... You know, definitely excited to see what happens to him. But, you know, for now, getting Scooter Jeanette, it just made the most sense for the Giants. You know, it's a business decision to move forward. Um, So, yeah, man, we'll see what ends up happening with the Giants. Very excited to see how that ends up. And even if they don't make the playoffs, I think the fact that they kind of rallied around uh, the fact that it is Bochy's last year and kind of made a run of things uh, has been really cool to see. I would even say if they get into a one-game playoff like we saw last year, 
um, to get into the playoffs. That would be cool too. But either way, I think um, you know they've kind of given they did the best with what they were given. Nobody expected them to. And not that you know we've talked about it before. The years where they won the World Series, no, they weren't the favorites, but they clearly had some firepower. This year, really. Um, was supposed to be a, a kind of a rebuilding, figure it out year, and they've really kind of rallied together to to make something out of it. So regardless of whether they win the play, or get to the playoffs or not, um, they did a they did a good job just to get this far. Okay, going back to football, but this is going to be college football. Um, very interesting thoughts that I was having earlier this week. You know, as everybody's getting ready for college football. Um, you know, Clemson, what an interesting situation. You know, Clemson University, ACC school, uh, they get, they've all, they've always, been, I don't know if football powerhouse is the term. They've always been really good at like being good in the ACC. Um, but getting Dabo Sweeney, you know, who I believe played at Alabama, obviously took him over the top and now they are a powerhouse. Um, but the question is, is it good? For college football, that would be my question, uh, and it's interesting when you look at these schools. You know, I always look at these schools that um, aren't, don't have you know the state name in their title, right? It's not Penn State, it's not Alabama, right? You look at, uh, and I look at them especially because I went to Temple, and I look at what could possibly Temple's uh, ceiling be, right? When you look at why they cut and I'm yes I'm still salty about it why they cut the baseball team softball team all these other programs um what do they think when they were making that cut what do they think the ceiling of temple could be and when you look and it's crazy to say obviously now but when you look at a Clemson same kind of type of deal right not uh doesn't have the state in the name um you know obviously they've been good at football for a while but when you think of the blue bloods of college football before a couple years ago, Clemson wouldn't be on that list. Um, so you look at like Clemson, you know, uh, Baylor, Louisville, like these are the types of schools that I think Temple saw and thought, you know what? I don't think we're that far off. Now, I think they're idiots for thinking that because um, I just do. But I do think that's kind of what their thought process was, if I'm guessing. But back to Clemson. You know, these last couple years, it's been Clemson versus Alabama. And the thing is, Clemson is in South Carolina. So it has that SEC feel. I think last year um, was a dud of a championship in all senses of the word, simply because, you know, where it was located, the actual game. um, It just didn't do well at all. Uh, And I believe this year the national championship is in Atlanta. So my question is, is it good for college football that Clemson is kind of the team that has, you know, risen to challenge Bama every single year? And my answer would be um, probably not. Probably not, you know, um, when you look at, kind of the golden days of college football when, you know, Notre Dame was really good. Uh, You had a couple West Coast teams that were really good, USC, right? Um, 
Yeah, you, obviously you need a Big 12 team. There's just certain teams that people care about and people don't care about, even if they don't have a connection to, right? People want to hate Alabama, even if they have no connection to Alabama, or they want to love Alabama, even if they have no connection to Alabama. Same with Notre Dame. Same with Texas. So my my thought process, process is it's not necessarily, you know, what conference the school is in. It's just the actual schools. So when people are like, yeah, well, it's better than this school or that school, it still doesn't have that. It Basically, Clemson, because Alabama is never going away, is still going to be that white knight, if you will, um, or green ranger, if you will, in, in, in my case, loving the Power Rangers. Um, but it doesn't, they don't evoke any emotion, I don't think, for people that aren't directly connected to them, right? Uh, like, I liked Clemson growing up, you know, again, and one of those teams that I like for no reason. Um, what I love Deshaun Watson, but that was when they were up and comers. Now they've been here, they've played each other three times, they're, they're most likely going to play each other again unless someone can dethrone one of them. I think they, think they said Clemson has no less than an 80% chance to win every single game of their regular season. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like them and Bama are just kind of doing their own thing. And it, cool. You know, it is what it is. I don't think, um, I don't think that many people have feelings about it, which is another reason why when you try to bring something like that out West, it's going to do awful. You know, it's not going to do well. Um, and it's funny because Bama can sit there every year and do I get tired of it? Yes. But at the same time, they evoke emotion. People want to either see them win really bad or see them lose really bad. And Clemson just doesn't have that. And I'm wondering if it's because it's not one of those blue blood schools that they just can. Can you get that right? Like in pro sports, you can get that. OK, Um and again, if if Bama fell off and it was Clemson every year, probably. So I think that that's kind of what's hurting college football right now. You have this pseudo rivalry. I mean, all you really have is the fact that Dabo went to Alabama. There's really no other connection there. And the fact that they've played each other. But it would be com- this would be completely different if, like I said, Bama was playing in Notre Dame. Bama was playing. I mean, I'm not. I think the other SEC schools are obvious, so I'm going to leave those out. Um, it could be. It could be any other SEC school. But uh, but you know, if Bama was playing Texas, uh, if Bama was playing even USC, right? Um, but Clemson just doesn't bring that emotion uh, for people that don't have a connection to them the same way other schools do so that's why I would say I don't think it's good for college football um but I also think that if Bama falls off and Clemson stays hot that's probably worse for college football Bama is still running these things whether they're winning or not as just by being in the mix so like if we got a Georgia Clemson championship this year that's gonna do pretty bad again now I will say that it, like I said, the championship is in Atlanta. So there would be dope. But as far as people outside of that area caring, I don't think they would care very much um, either way. Now, I know a lot of people like to say 
that, you know, if it was all SEC, people are tired of the SEC. I'm telling you right now, if it was Bama, Georgia in the championship game, people are going to watch that. People are going to watch that versus a Clemson or, you know, one of these kind of upstart teams. Um, you know, oh, sorry, I, Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma being in the mix is always great. Um, but, yeah, Clemson just doesn't bring that out of people, be, you know, that don't really have a connection Um to them they're just not not a blue blood in that fashion and maybe 10 years from now if they keep doing this they will be because you know they will have kind of shown that they're not going anywhere but as of right now they're just kind of a cool team that's really good right now um that if you are not connected to clemson or south carolina uh in any capacity you probably don't care very much about except for when uh you watch them beat alabama and now that they've beat alabama is it two out of three or two out of four? It's not even really a surprise like that. I mean, dare I say, could you see the changing of the guard with, um, you know, since the Alabama got whopped last year, could you see a couple more people cheer for the Crimson Tide? I mean, probably not, but Tua is a likable guy. So um, we'll see for as much as Nick Saban probably isn't that likable of a guy so we'll see but yeah I mean my 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 short answer to this long answer is that I don't think Clemson being as good as they are is good for the NCAA um okay so now it's time for everyone's favorite segment overrated underrated properly rated so overrated this one hurts this one hurts pretty bad um, simply because, you know, this is my guy. This is my guy. We were all waiting, um, and it just didn't deliver. And you know what? I was afraid it wouldn't deliver because it's really hard after you're coming off such a successful mixtape. We've seen it happen before, um, especially when you wait as long as he did. My overrated is going to have to go to the big day, Chance the Rapper's new album. Uh, and it sucks, man. It really sucks to say this, but you know, it has to be said. And my whole thing is it's not that it's overrated. If you go on social media, social media is ripping it, you know, it's overrated just based on it. I think it came in at number two on the billboard, uh, in sales in its opening week. And, you know, cause to me, that really doesn't tell me anything. Chance has so much pub and so much notoriety. He could have got all those streams you know, just from people trying to figure out whether they liked it or not, okay? Then on top of that, I'm pretty sure I heard he did a deal with Lyft or something where you listen to, you know, they're all doing these deals now. Travis Scott did it as well. That's why Nicki Minaj was all pissed off when Travis Scott's Astroworld stayed number one for as long as it did. So it's not just Chance doing it, but again, you know, because of where it fell on the list, I'm going to have to give it, uh, it's going to have to be my overrated um, for... For this week, you know, the only real song, you know, you know those songs that as soon as it ends, you can't wait to hit replay, right, or rewind. So it starts starts over as soon as it ends. Um, Chance had multiple songs like that on Acid Rap, multiple, uh, one of his mixtapes, multiple songs like that on Coloring Book, you know. Um, he had maybe one on The Big Day, and it was a 22-track album Minus, I think it was like two skits. So 20 tracks for me 
there was one, and it was actually the second song of the album. So I'm sitting there like, dang, this is going to be dope. And um, nothing ever really eclipsed that. And it was Do You Remember with Death Cab for Cutie. So that was the only song that I was like, dang, this is dope. You know, he's like, you know, he's like doing the chant stuff. Uh, It was cool. Uh, All the stuff about people making fun of him, talking about how much he loves his wife so much. It's kind of messed up, but it is kind of funny because it is he is talking about it a lot. But it's his prerogative. If he loves his wife, he can talk about it on his album. But that doesn't mean that people um, can't make fun of you. So, um, and I know he came out saying people, he thinks people want him to kill himself. I think he took it a little bit too far. I think people were just making fun of him because you talked about your wife a lot, which is fine. Um, And he also just kind of lives in this weird space as a whole where, you know, to me, Chance is very similar chances like the rapper version of the uh typical christian and i can say that because i was raised catholic you know catholics are christian um and what it is is they'll say it in church all the time is you can't be a buffet christian right and what does that mean you take oh i like this i so i'll take some of this oh i like this I'll take some of this. Oh, I don't like that. I won't take that. And that's kind of what it seems like to me. And it's not an indictment on chance. I think that almost all Christians are like this, right? It's like, oh, um, you know, don't kill. I think I can do that. I'll take some of that. You know, honor thy father and mother. I'll take a little bit of that. I think I can do that too. Oh, uh, don't have sex before marriage. Oh, I don't want any of that. You know what I mean? I'm going to skip that one, right? Um, Oh, don't lie. Oh, I'll skip that one too. You know, so I think that that's kind of... uh, Chance's swag, which is just so interesting to me because one second, you know, I'll have a song on that I can easily play at the summer barbecue and for like a cookout, you know, and not be worried about my mom. And the next song, Meg the Stallion has a verse or a chance and the P words popping out of nowhere. And my mom's telling me to turn it off and she pissed off at me. You know what I mean? Like chance has probably gotten a lot of people in trouble for stuff like that, because one second he's talking about God, the next second he's talking about like a sexual act. So it's it, the whole thing is interesting, and that's how he's always been. And I've always thought he kind of lived in that that uh, interesting space, which I think is fine. But I think is what opens him to certain criticisms, right? Um, and it's all, all it's it's funny because most of the criticisms are the other way, right? Like, you know, your Christian rapper like trying to do the other thing versus like Christian people being like, from what I've heard, being like, you know, he's not representing as well. It's really just people thinking that he's you know, he's not just going all in on what he really wants to talk about, trying to keep this, you know, the mainstream vibe, but he's going to have to make some decisions on how, um, how he wants everything to play out in his career because, uh, he's getting a little confusing and the big day was definitely showed that he is kind of confused right now. Uh, but hang in there chance. We still love you. Uh, but I will say another, uh, rapper from Chicago, uh, check out Toby Lou, he actually dropped a project. Um, I I believe it was the the weekend after last weekend. It's called Live on Ice. Very airy, synthy sounds. Um, like you know, rapper with like melodic tones. I really enjoy him. the The whole album has been on repeat for me. He's gonna be out here at the end of September, so I'm definitely going to check him out. Um, but yeah, I, it's definitely a album. Again, 22 tracks, but you know what? I got through them all. I got through all of them. Whereas with Chances, it felt like a chore. You know, I was like, I basically have to get through this um, because I've waited so long. Uh, but check out Toby Lou. Uh, very unique, I will say that. Uh, very witty rhymes. Um, but if you're into that, I think you'll like it. Okay, next. 
underrated. This is going to be random, but uh, I'm going fruit flies for my underrated. Look, everybody wants to talk about, you know, when you talk about majestic creatures, lions, tigers, bears. Oh, my. Okay, that was too obvious. Dad joke. You know they keep coming out the older I get. But seriously, everyone, you know, they talk about all these different animals and creatures, iguanas, things like that. When you talk about your favorite your favorite animal, right? What about the fruit fly? Let's think about the fruit fly, right? You take out a piece of fruit. In under two minutes, fruit flies are all over that fruit. Where did they come from? Where did they come from? Okay. Did they come from the, the your door, under your door? Did they come from the sink? Nobody knows. They just appear. That's magic. That's magical. They just appear, okay? And then you get rid of, rid of the fruit. They're gone. When you're cleaning, you don't see a bunch of dead fruit flies everywhere. They just disappear. They just disappear. That's impressive to me. That is so underrated. Fruit flies are so underrated. They appear when they want, and then they just disappear. You might kill one or two of them, but the rest just go away. They just go away. Does anyone have answers for that? Can Discovery Channel do a special on fruit flies? Where do they actually go? How do they actually get there? Does anybody know? Okay, that's what I'm looking for uh, for the next National Geographic Discovery Channel special. Fruit flies. What the hell? Okay, that's just what it needs to be called. Fruit flies. What the hell? Um, so they are underrated to me. Okay, and my properly rated, properly rated, I'm going to go with the Apple Watch. You know, I, I'm calling it properly rated because I never thought I was going to get one. You know, I thought that, um, you know, I was like, well, you know, what really is the purpose? I think, to be honest, uh, they are just a really cool Fitbit, I will say. You can text uh, and I think basically, yeah, I think I don't I never got the newest Fitbit, but I'm sure you can do the same thing. You can voice text. You can kind of write on the little screen. Um, you know, you can handle your music through there if you don't feel like whipping out your phone. Um, but besides that, it's just a really cool Fitbit. Um, and that's basically what I thought it would be. Uh, I got it for my birthday from my parents. Um, you know, like I said, my dad loves to get me. Uh, new technology. That's just his thing. Even if I never plan on getting it, that's why I have a PS4. And I'm now I'm glad I have a PS4. Uh, and that's why I have an Apple Watch. And now I'm glad I have an Apple Watch. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty properly rated. I think the people that don't have it are like, well, it's just like a Fitbit, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's it's just a, re a really nice Fitbit. Um, and like I said, I think the other Fitbits are actually doing the same thing. But obviously, you know, keeping everything Apple just makes things easier. So I would say Apple Watches are properly rated. Okay. So to finish out the show, I am going to give you my top five. And this top five is a top five of foods that smell better than they taste. Okay. Let's do this. Number one, and this isn't even really in an order. I just got five of them. Number one, cookies. So my Bose headphones broke. I ended up in Westfield Mall on Powell in the city, and I smelled uh, Mrs. Field's cookies being baked. And boy, I mean, I almost just bought like 12, right? And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, cookies, unless they're warm, 
a lot of times cookies smell better than they actually taste, right? Cookies are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying cookies aren't good, but compared to how good they smell, it's crazy. It's crazy. So cookies had to go on my list, okay? Number two, and this is a personal one for me because you know me when it comes to cheese, it can't be enough, can't be too much, but I do like some of it. Number two is going to be lasagna, okay? Lasagna smells amazing, right? And I get pulled into it every time, you know, the fresh uh, meat, the sauce, the cheese, um, layering the, the really unique noodles, great. Smells amazing. Then I bite into it and it's just a cheese bomb or there's not enough sauce, whatever the case may be. That's why I said this one is, you know, kind of directed at me. Lasagna gets me every time and majority of the time, unless it's just like overly sauced, it lets me down. So lasagna, you smell better than you taste. Number three, and this one uh, could confuse some people. I don't even know if it's considered a food uh, because you can't live off it. Jaeger. To me, Jaeger smells better than it tastes. Um, And it doesn't taste bad, but you smell it. It's like, mmm, black licorice, you know? And then you drink it. You're like, mmm, that's not black licorice, you know? Uh, So number three on my list has got to be Jaeger again. Not sure if that's considered a food. It's definitely not in a food group, but um, it had to go on the list. Number four, and this one is new for me to switch on, bacon-wrapped hot dogs from baseball games. Now, if you live, this is kind of, uh, I don't know if they do it in other cities, but if you have ever been to a Giants game or an A's game, there are the people out there with the carts, and I also need to figure out where they get these movable, uh, like, stove tops right uh like flat top grills they just i I think there's just like someone you know in the back that just makes them on the low and is a a trillionaire because nobody knows where they come from but they all have them um but the bacon wrap hot dogs they'll put peppers obviously the hot dog that's wrapped in bacon then they put mustard onions ketchup uh mayo if you want it man they smell great But as soon as you take a bite, you realize that this has been a grave mistake. Not that they don't taste good. They don't taste great. And they definitely, and that's before you realize what you're actually putting in your body. But man, when you smell them, you just want to empty your wallet and, you know, spend all of your hard earned money on every hot dog that they have. But don't do it because it's not that you'll be disappointed with the food, you're going to be disappointed. With yourself, okay? So number four is bacon wrap hot dogs. And number five, I think a lot of people are going to be upset with me on this one, but I don't really care. Number five, popcorn. You cannot tell me you walk into the theater. That's the thing. The smells evoke emotion, okay? I am of the believer that popcorn doesn't actually taste that good. It smells really good, and it reminds you of going to the movies when you were a kid. And when you go to the movies, you feel like you have to eat it, okay? Popcorn smells better than it actually tastes, okay? I am a kettle corn guy, so I got that kettle corn cookie that I told you about at the beginning of the show. Popcorn is overrated. It's overrated, okay? All it does is get stuck in your teeth. It doesn't get popped all the way, okay? You you put you want to put butter, then you put you don't have enough butter, then you put too much butter. Now it's soggy. Now, you know what I mean? Is it crispy? Is it soggy? Nobody knows, okay? Then You want to put more salt? You put the salt. It's not enough. 
Then you put too much. Now it's too salty. Now, you know, your cholesterol has shot up immensely because something smelled really good. Popcorn's overrated. Everybody knows that. Kettle corn, they give you different textures, different flavors, okay? But popcorn and the smell of popcorn is way better than how popcorn, the idea of popcorn and the smell of popcorn are way better than how popcorn actually tastes. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, okay? So that's my top five foods that smell better than they taste, all right? But that's all the time I got for y'all today. Thank you all for listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to The Styles Files. As always, follow me on Twitter at and Instagram at the underscore Styles Files, Styles with an I. And until next time, if you're in the Bay Area, enjoy Foggest. If you're anywhere else, enjoy the summer. It's coming to an end. You fall, people get away from me and stay away. If you give me a pumpkin spice latte, I will throw it in your face. And until next time, this has been The Styles Files. Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.